When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. Hello, you're very welcome along to episode 51, I think, of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Um, we are, um, we're back with Dee Feeney, manager of Sligo Rovers uh, senior women's team. Um, we also speak to Finch, uh, who we had on the podcast last season, uh, looking ahead to the game against Pats on Friday night. And on the podcast this evening, we have Sean. Sean Dunn, how are you? All good, Connor. How are you? I'm not too bad. And Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Tip top, Connor. Tip top. And we may have Magoo. We may not, depending on how things go. Well, I think the big news anyway that came out of the showgrounds this morning, was it? Recording on Wednesday, the 23rd, is the, yeah, it is this morning. Uh, the new jersey came out, the new black jersey. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts, Jerry? Oh, I think it's class. It's absolutely yep. really, really nice. Um, it's unusual to have a, uh, Three beautiful strips out at the one time. Um, but I really, really like it. Really yeah. Like it. yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Sean will go well up in Markovich Park as well. Double up. That <laughs> looked apart. Why yeah. not have a bit of black and white? They're Sligo colours in fairness. Yeah. It's no uh, harm. That's a, like it's it? a nice kit. I like the red bull though. I think that's a lovely little touch. Yeah, classy. Uh, allegedly, some people were given out about certain strips not having any red on it. Yeah, there was a, a bit of a major issue down on Facebook when the white and black jersey came out that there was no bit of red on it. So um, I there's think the, there's the news talk sponsor in the back on the back of the shorts. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Off the ball. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if those same people have a big problem when we had the luminous and black away kit there not a lot a few years ago. Yeah, ah, I don't know. I think it's just the the Facebook generation and Fenton uh, and stuff like that. But anyway, to appease them, the the wee, the wee red bull Benny uh, was was uh, embroidered in red. So yeah, I do like I do like that touch though. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's nice. No, those little touches make it make a shirt. I think. Yeah, I I think I think we need to update the, the club crest to incorporate Johnny Chad's star into the crest. Yeah. So it doesn't look like we're trying to tell the world we won the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no official line on on stars above crest anyways. So. I, I think it would be better um, to have it within the circle. Yeah. I think in Europe, we're not allowed to have it in Europe, though, are we? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I haven't a clue. Um, we can look back on our... Um, yeah, our I, I don't know, Sean. Um, not that it makes much of a difference. I'm not making an argument out of that or anything. I just, I just wondering, because usually at Champions League, when a team has the stars above their, above their crest. Yeah. Just wondering if you're allowed to do that in Europe. Uh, look, we'll, we'll push things on. We're going to chat about um, the uh, we're going to chat about the consequences of the game being cancelled uh, due to the weather uh, in the showgrounds last week, uh, and we are going to talk about the upcoming game against Pats, and we also have a game on Monday night uh, coming against Derry City. So, um, but first of all, uh, myself and Sean caught up with uh, what I called him incorrectly in the interview. I called uh, Steve Feeney the coach of the uh, the senior women's team uh, completely incorrect he's the manager uh, so slapping the wrist there on my behalf and he was very he uh, he was um you know he took it in, in the right way he didn't uh, hammer me about it but um yeah so we spoke to, to steve and um he um he gave us some insight into the challenges that he faced in putting the team together in such a, a short space of time and um what he expects and what he's looking forward to in the season ahead uh in the in their inaugural season in the uh, the women's national league so here's steve feeney okay so we're joined by uh sligo rovers women's coach steve feeney congratulations on taking on the role so you were announced just before christmas uh and i'd imagine it's fair to say it's been uh it's been 
Um, you've been full on for the last, what is it, two and a half months or so? Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's been, it's been very busy. Um, a lot of phone calls, uh, obviously training sessions, uh, trying to organise a backroom team and uh, a playing squad, like, you know, so it's uh, it's been a lot of time spent on the phone and a lot of work kind of done away from the football pitch um, and quite a bit done then on the pitch as well. But uh, it's it's slowly starting to take shape, like, so we're, we're kind of delighted where, where we are, considering, you know, that we were starting from scratch, like. Was it an obvious thing to jump at when the opportunity came around for you to take on a role like this, or did you have to think about it? I suppose a bit of both. Um, like it was, it was a great opportunity, you know, obviously to, to come back and get involved with Rovers. Um, and then the fact that it was going to be in the manager's position of a senior team uh, was something that really appealed to me. Um, I'd been up at Ballon Mallard for kind of the last 10, 10 and a half years and was really enjoying it up there. So I suppose that's where the kind of difficult decision came in about just leaving a, a role I was enjoying. Um but yeah, I, I, in the end, it was like the more I thought about it, it was just too good of an opportunity to to not jump back, like you know. Uh, so I suppose the main task is trying to get a team or a squad together. Um, has that been a challenge, or have you had players who, obviously, there's there's plenty of girls playing football locally, and those numbers are growing all the time. And I suppose there's a bit of a vacuum in relation to kind of senior uh, football in in the region. So with that in mind, was there was there uh, uh, an appetite amongst um, amongst women in the region to get on board. Yeah, there was. In fairness, like you know, we we held an open training, like and got a good turnout. That now COVID kind of impacted it a bit, just. Uh, but so we had kind of ended up extending it over a few sessions. But um, there was there was a good turnout for those first few sessions. Um, and then anyone I've spoken to in general, like you know, any of the players, like even you know people we couldn't convince to get on board or people that it just wasn't realistic for. Everyone just was buzzing about the fact that Rovers were going to have a women's team in the National League, you know, so that sense of it, or I suppose that side of it, you know, gave me a lift, like that even there was players you weren't convincing to come and give it a go or that they weren't in a position to, but they were still so optimistic about the fact that Rovers were going to have a team, like so, uh, and then in relation to the girls that we've got on board, like all of them are just so keen and want to, you know, play for Rovers and want to play in the National League, like so that's that's something that's exciting, you know, working with players that are just so keen to represent Rovers on, on a national stage, like. Um, like I suppose there is a bit of pedigree already in the, in, you know, in the Sligo area. We obviously Emma Hansbury is the, Emma Hansbury is a name that's well known, uh, and I think, am I right in saying she she played in the National League with Castlebar, like the guts of nine years ago or so, um, yeah. and I think that might be the same for is that the same for Lauren Bowles as well? Uh, she yeah. is, she's experienced in the league and obviously. Uh, not from Sligo, but uh, Kristen Sample is your, is your new keeper who, who's come in and she's played with Cork. So you do, have, you know, this isn't a completely unexperienced team that you're putting together, I suppose. No, no, there's definitely a few uh, few players that have played in the league and have, have experienced this, you know, and we've uh, we've a few, you know, like the girls you mentioned and like the Gem McGuinness are ex-underage internationals, you know, so like there's there's definitely football ability in the, in the squad, like, and I suppose the, the only thing we need now is just that bit of time just to let them get used to playing with each other and get used to playing in the league, like, you know, and obviously the younger girls then are going to have to kind of pick up uh, things very quickly and learn kind of on the job as such. Um, but we, we feel like we have a nice blend at the moment just with uh, some girls who have the experience of playing the league and then a lot of kind of young, uh, hungry, energetic players as well, you know. Steve, from your own point of view, then uh, just coming into the women's game, obviously you've been involved with the with the men's football all your life and all that. Did you have to lean on certain people coming in just to, in regards to player recruitment and who was the right player to go for and stuff like that? Yeah, I suppose um, like it, it was definitely I suppose women's football is something I've, I've always kind of watched, you know. But uh, I wouldn't have had a huge kind of knowledge of players and stuff, you know, in the, in the sense that I would have had, you know, kind of players that we thought we might be able to attract the Ballon Mallard. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a few people I spoke to, like you know, locally and you know, in the kind of surrounding counties, just to kind of get a feel for different people in that. But uh, I suppose a lot of the girls that we've ended up getting, I would have kind of have known or been you know been aware of. I suppose might have known them personally or uh, to speak to. But uh, I suppose the biggest problem there was just getting phone numbers to actually get in contact with people in that. But um, but yeah, no, there's definitely been a few that have, have helped out with you know names and numbers and getting me in contact with people that I wanted to speak to. And how have you found the transition from the men's game into the women's game? Yeah, like I suppose on one hand, like football's football, like, but at the same time, then it's you know it is very different. Like um, the biggest thing, like that I've loved so far about the the team and the squad that we've put together is the 
they just they just love football like they just love training they love you know like they're they're so intent like you know when they're there they're listening to that and the coaches are saying they're they're taking it on board like you know they're trying things straight away like you know they're just so receptive um and there's just such a kind of buzz about playing and i suppose it's understandable when you consider some of them have haven't been able to play soccer for how many years, you know, because there hasn't been a team in the county like so. Um, but no, they've, they've been brilliant so far. Like, I can't kind of speak highly enough of how kind of committed and the effort they're putting in and trying. And like, are you still, is the squad still being built or are you there, thereabouts? Uh, we're, I suppose, we're kind of close enough to what we'll be kind of starting the league with, but uh, there is still a couple of players that we're kind of talking to and trying to get in. Um, so hopefully we'll convince the, convince them as well to get them on board. Like, but uh, we've kind of about a squad of about seventeen or eighteen now. Kind of like what I kind of call senior players, even though one of them is like Emmett Ardu, seventeen. But uh, and then like that's not counting like there's five or six of the nineteens that have been with us from day one in the preseason. Like, and we'll play we'll play a part in the squad. Like, you know, and um, some of them will push to play. I'd say in the first game, you know, they've been they've been very good. Like, you know, so. We've 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 good numbers there, you know. In fairness, like we've a couple of injuries at the moment, but we still have kind of twenty odd, probably, you know, that'll be fit to train and that kind of stuff. So the, the squad has come together, but there's a lot of girls in that squad that haven't played in this league. Like, so that's going to be the kind of the biggest thing now to get them up and running in the league. Yeah, I mean, is that going to be is that going to be a big jump for for a lot of the girls? And especially, like you mentioned it there, the first. Your first outing uh, in the league is against Piedmont. You probably wouldn't have, if you could have picked any team to start against, you mightn't have selected Piedmont. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Um, but I suppose, look, we have to play them at some stage. Um, and, you know, hopefully they won't be at full tilt, you know, in the first game of the season and hopefully we'll be, we'll be ready to go. But um, no, um, like it's, it's, it's exciting. Like, you know, like you're, you're, you're playing Piedmont who have a few internationals, Irish internationals playing like, and, that's what the girls want. Like they want to be testing themselves against international players and the best players in the league. Like and seeing how they get on. Um, so it it will be a big jump for them. But I, like I suppose anyone kind of jump in the national league, you know, even if you look at the men's game, say if someone was playing in the local league here in Sligo, and you know they went, you know, it's a huge jump from the local league into the Rovers first team. Like so, um, I suppose the only difference is that they're kind of getting their football week in and week out, whereas a lot of our girls now haven't been playing football regularly. Like so, that's probably the the biggest difference for me. Um, what is the like? What is the long term goal? I suppose. Well, I suppose the long term goal. That's a that's a bit of an obvious. There's an obvious answer to that. But um, do you think that uh, Sligo Rovers as a club is in a good position um, to have you know in in the years to come um, to have a competitive team that can that can be there thereabouts in a women's national league like do you think when you when you think about the club you think about Sligo Rovers in comparison to maybe um some of the other clubs that are in the league that mightn't have the kind of the um you know the reach within a community and things like that do you think that that's like an advantage for for Sligo Rovers particularly for the, the, the women's side of the club yeah I, I think it's definitely something we can build on you know and uh, kind of take advantage of um like when you see like I suppose even go back to when I would have played with Rovers, like how, how much the club has come on, you know, both on and off the pitch, but especially off the pitch, you know, even for me, like been away from the club, obviously kind of looking from outside in and um, following the team, but like the club is, has changed so much, like, you know, there's so much going on behind the scenes now with the club, like that's that's really good, like, um, so I suppose my hope, and I'm sure it's the hope of the club is that, you know, this will be kind of our first year, but it'll be, a, a, you know, it won't be a case that we'll go in this year and see how we get on, it'll be, let's go in this year and let's build on it again next year and, you know, and just keep laying foundations and keep building on them. Um, and I suppose that that was kind of the biggest thing that I was trying to put in place was that anthem we put in place now was something that can be built on. You know, it's not something that, you know, we're trying to quick fix and in six months or 12 months time, it, it'll be of no use to us. Like, you know, we're trying to build something there that over the next few seasons that you can see a gradual progress and hopefully for the better. Steve, just um, in regard, I could be off the mark here on what I'm saying, but there seems to be a real hunger and appetite amongst everyone involved with the with the Rovers ladies team. And even from yourself, it's your first senior management role. So there's a real hunger there to succeed. And then players looking to impress in the National League and, you know, the club looking to get off the ground with this and even fans looking to get involved. And, you know, everything seems to be coming together in the, you know, there's a huge appetite and everything for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, like... Um... Like I have to say, the club since I've took over, like I like I couldn't really ask for any more. Like you know, probably 
dealing with Colin Feely and probably Conor Reddy the most, like, you know, but obviously they're, you know, speaking to other people in the club before they're coming back to me on different things, but the club have been so supportive, like, you know, they've really got behind it. Um, and you can tell from the way they're speaking about it, you know, it's not something they're just doing to kind of tick a box or to try and keep a few people happy. You know, you know it's it's something that they genuinely want to get behind and push. Um, the players, like, are just so, like, you know, excited about it and so up for the challenge and, they, they see it for what it is like it's an opportunity to go and play at the highest level in the country um, and I'd say they look at the league and see that there's teams with internationals and think you know why not me like you know like um, like we, we played one of our pre-season games there in Dublin a couple of weeks ago against DLR and Vera Pau was at the game you know and what stayed and watched the whole game and spoke to us after and everything you know so I suppose the, the woman at the top of the ladder kind of in that sense you know playing for the Irish team has a genuine interest in the league, like you know, if she's coming out watching preseason games and all, you know, um, it just shows that you know there's a chance there for players that are playing for Sligo Rovers to progress to that level, you know, if, if they're going well, like. But obviously, that's I suppose a bit long, longer term. But you know, we need to give them the platform to go and impress, and you know, impress I suppose Rovers fans first, but you know, also then you know push for that kind of international recognition or you know further afield. How is uh, preseason going so far? I got to see you when I saw the first half of the game against um, Ballyclare Comrades in McSharry Park on Saturday. I got absolutely drenched. Um, <laughs> but um, how has uh, how has the the build up been going from the team's point of view? You played some played some good. Like you won five two. I don't know what Ballyclare are like in comparison to um, the competition you'll be you'll be facing in in the league. But um, you played some really good football. Scored some really good goals. Yeah, I suppose like. Um... Preseason has been kind of a bit mixed, you know, in the sense that we've we've trying to trying to get minutes into players, but we're, you know we also have players in on trial and players we're trying to see if they can bring something to the squad. You're trying to kind of see if there's certain partnerships will work, you know, better than other partnerships. You're trying to kind of form units and all that kind of stuff. So um, you'd nearly love another like four or five preseason games, you know, because it's our first year, just to really kind of get a grip on, you know, what you know suits us best and stuff. But um, we, we definitely have, you know, in, in a few games, you've definitely seen some of the things that we've spoke to the players about, you know, that they've took it on board and they've, they've implemented it really well, considering, you know, that they're new to it and they're, it's their first time. Um, but also, like, the, the big thing that's jumping out at me is, like, we've we've a lot of players who just, you know, are good footballers, like, you know, and you can see it when they get on the pitch that they're starting to link up and they're, you know, little one-twos or, you know, overlapping runs or whatever, like that it's it's nearly like it's natural to them, you know, they just know that that's what they should do in that moment. Like so that's brilliant to see as well. Like that, you know, it's not a case of like we're going to be very rigid and we're we're only going to do what Steve or other coaches tell us. Like, you know, like we want them to play with a kind of freedom to go and express themselves and hopefully that will be exciting and we'll be a team who try and score goals. Um obviously the other side of it is going to be a bit harder, like trying not to concede goals, but um, we we definitely want to kind of play on the front foot and try and entertain and score goals, you know. So um, it's pleasing when, when we see different players getting a few goals as well. Okay, well, look at Steve. Um, we wish you the very best of luck. Uh, thanks for coming on and having a chat to us. We'll uh, hopefully check in with you uh, across the season. And um, um, yeah, best of luck to you, players, backroom staff, and uh, I suppose we encourage as many people as possible to get out and support you when you're when you're playing at home anyway. Thanks a million, lads. Really appreciate it. And keep the good work up with the podcast. It's excellent. So that was Steve Feeney, and we uh, hope to speak to him again. Uh, well, we hope to check in with him a couple of times across the uh, the duration of the season. Uh, and we might even speak to him again ahead of the, the season starting. So, um, like, you know, the, the fact that the game was called off uh, on Saturday in the showgrounds against Bohemians, Jerry, do you think that? Uh, like, look, we've spoken about the pitch already. It's going to give the pitch a little bit of time to settle down. Um, do you think it's going to benefit us, or do you think it could go against us in the fact that we haven't played yet? Yeah. Um, look, I suppose there's there's two ways you can look at it. But the only thing going into the past game on, on Friday night is that they've actually they're the only team along with Shamrock Rovers that have played two competitive games, whereas we haven't played any. And even going back to the Adlone friendly. Uh, that's going to be a two-week period where I suppose you want to be firing all cylinders going into the first game and it, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we start the game on Friday night uh, and how we settle into it. Like you would have seen from Pats there the last night against Shells and I know the weather would have had a big impact on that but it took them 15 to 20 minutes before they settled into the game. Uh, Shells went straight at them. So, yeah, it's, it's look, it's going to be, Pats are going to be up you know, they're along with us, so it's going to be a tough, tough game to, to kick off the season. 
I think, um, Sean, like the fact that I think it was mentioned on, on Twitter officially by the club that um, Mata has only got into town the last couple of days um, to focus on the positive side. You know, there's there is so many new faces in the squad. Uh, it gives them every opportunity to sort out whatever they need to sort out from like tactical or just getting to know each other, that kind of, that kind of, you know, approach. Uh, yeah, it's the only positive you can take from the game not going ahead is that Pinacker and Hamilton would have had more time to s- settle in and adjust with training and be more tactically aware of what Liam Buckley's expecting of them. But uh, Matt is a bit of a disappointing that he wasn't here sooner. I don't, I don't even know what he'd be involved in the squad, to be honest, on Friday night. Um, but even what Jerry was touching on there in regards to, you know, this been this been our first game now and the intensity that we go in with. You know, when you're watching Pats against Shells the other night, I would have seen an opportunity for us to win with a high price, real strong, intense style and catch them flat-footed. Because I, I felt I feel they're weak there, I feel, especially playing out from the back, and that's the style they're kind of going for again. But I don't think you will see that in our first game being an away game now at Pats. I think we'll be a wee bit more conservative and... No, I don't want to be a downer, but making sure you don't lose as opposed to being on the front foot and making sure you're coming away with the win. Yeah. Um, look, I would speak about it a little bit further, but I, nonetheless, I put it to you, Jerry, about the importance of, uh, you know, not kind of messing up in the initial games and the confidence around the team. Uh, you know, you, you want, we want to get off on our best foot, I suppose, or, you know, not kind of put any... Um, not to suffer any defeats, I suppose, to put it down on things, you know, quite quickly in the season. Ah, yeah, look, I wouldn't be... I'm looking forward to the game on Friday night. Um, and I'd have no fears going into it. Um, you know, like, you know, just looking at the, the Pats lineup, like, they've had a, a lot of changes there at the back. Um, and they'll only be still finding their feet as well, even though they had two games. Um, there's a lot, a lot of young lads at the back. And I think we can... Probably like the one thing that we, you know, even though they've got two games and it's going to be our first game of the season, it's not like you'd imagine the 11 that will start are new to each other. I would imagine that probably nine out of the 11 would have probably finished the last game of last season. Do you know what kind of way? So it's going to be very much a cohesive team that's going to be going out there. Yeah, we're not going to have Johnny Kenny and we won't have uh, John Mann. Mm-hmm. But I think between the likes of Pinacker and um, people like that can easily easily step in. Um, and likewise up front, you know, when you lose a striker, yeah, it's not it doesn't hit you as hard as I think when you when you lose a defender. So I wouldn't be too too worried about that. And Hamilton looks, you know, pretty decent as does Keena. And um, the thing with Mata, I know it was released on the. It looked like he's only come in in the last few days, but yeah. he's been here since last week. So, right, okay. Has he? He's a plenty of time to settle as well. Oh, so sorry, I, I didn't realize that. I thought he had only arrived. No, yeah, and it, it did come across like that. And I think maybe that's the way I want, they want it. But he's, he's been here. So, um, oh, that's yeah. good. That's good to hear, actually. Yeah. Um, so, what, what sort of what sort of team do you expect, Jerry? What sort of 11 do you expect? Um, Pinacker and Buckley. Uh, Buckley had a knock. Somebody told me that he, he might have been uh, nursing a bit of a knock. That was himself, yeah. Um, no, no, he's fine. He's fine. Um, I think he was just getting a bit of physio there the last okay. day, sitting out training. But um, look, you know, you know, these days too, like if anybody's got any way, a slight twinge or anything like that, they'll usually sit out training and just get the get treatment for it and stuff like that. Better to be yeah. safe. Sorry. So I think he will yeah. start along with um, obviously McGinty and Goals himself, centre back. Now, who partners him? Um, that remains to be seen. Uh, but you'd imagine then left and right back will be uh, Banks and um, uh, McCourt. So uh, midfield then, again, obviously Bulger, uh, maybe Morahan, um, possibly Kyo in the number 10. Um, and then up front, again, it's, I'd say Keane will, will definitely start, especially against his old club. Uh, he knows the league as well. Uh, left and right of him, I think, will be um, will be O'Sullivan and um, uh, Fitzgerald. So I think we'll probably go for, you know, a League of Ireland starting eleven mm-hmm. uh, in terms of experience and things like that. First yeah. game away from home, and let the kind of the new lads, the the foreign lads, kind of 
ease their way and maybe come into the game um, and go from there. So it's like looking at it, it's it's quite a settled eleven and a cohesive eleven. You know, it's there's nothing like what Sean says. I don't think we're going to be uh, gung ho. We'll probably be quite conservative, work our way into the game and, and see where it takes us. But I wouldn't be fearful of Pats. I, I think we can get at them as well. Um, and I I, I would be so I wouldn't wasn't terribly impressed with the with the the back four there against Shells the last night. Yeah. Um... What, what what do you think, Sean, in relation to the starting eleven that's uh, that is experienced in the league against introducing some of the newer players into the starting eleven? Is that something that you think would be likely to happen? Yeah, I unfortunately no, it's not great for the podcast, I suppose, but I'd, I'd agree hundred percent with Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's not going to be any mad debate now or anything. No, I think yeah, I think Jerry's spot on with regards to team selection. A uh, I don't think it'd be fair to the newer lads to just throw them in in a game like that. Uh, from the start, look, who's to know they could be settled in already and Buckley would be happy enough. I, I do think Pinacker will start, though. I yeah. think he will start. Uh, well, Jerry, you said, you know, who 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 partner him? You know, it's yet to be determined. But, like, surely, surely Buckley's fitting straight in. Oh, yeah, but it's Buckley plus one. Sorry, sorry. Right, okay. Yeah, I think I do think Pinacker will start beside Buckley. Um then I think I think it'd have to be O'Sullivan and Fitzgerald on the wings as well. So and I'd actually I'd like to see them there because I think that's an area we could pick off Pats in on the counter. I think using their pace in behind, especially yeah. you, I know we talked about it on the first pod there were in regards to you know that diagonal ball that we kind of played an awful lot last season and that. Yeah. I think that that could work in Inchicor with Gary Buckley and with those two with the pace they have in behind. Yeah, and we speak oh. to Finch about it later on. He he said himself that they might be weak down the left. So um it could be an area to hit. Now unless because like with Hamilton and Mata, I think they're both out and out strikers. Maybe Mata can play off the left, I think, a little bit, but I think they are strikers. So maybe we'll be looking at more of a, a two up top in the future. But I think for this first game, I'd say you'll, it'll be more or less the same as what you've seen last season in terms of team selection and team format yeah. and layout and stuff. And just like just on that, I, I mean, I really am looking forward to seeing uh, more of Kyo playing. And I really, like kind of my one, not my one hope, but one of my hopes for the season is that he, and I know we spoke about it a bit last season, but I, I really hope that he becomes a regular and he becomes that creative 10 that we've been, you know, we've been looking for for the last... I don't know since, yeah. well, since like Gibson to some extent, but even before that, like you know, and I think McDonald actually will be in there too, though. Sorry, um, it could be Bulger, McDonald, Ankyo. Sorry, um, I know I said Morhen, um, yeah, geez, yeah, there's, yeah. There, we're actually spoiled for choice in there at the moment. Yeah, yeah, which is um, great. Yeah. I, I, I know last season we we um, Connor, you, you asked us who we thought would be, um. Maybe not player of the season, but kind of in terms of influence. I think McDonald could have a, a big season with us this year. Um, I think as the season as that, when he came in in the middle of last season, you could see game on game he was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll carry that into this season. And also, he looks like a guy that seems to be kind of uh, maybe like Sean touched on it last week about finding a home and yeah. been, been happy within the environment. And I think that's really important and I think that if he carries that into this season I think he could be one of the big players in the league not not even just uh, within our team and I think he also has uh, he has a sense of experience with him and he has kind of leadership qualities yeah um, that we're, we also kind of want more of in, in the middle of the park I suppose um, that's kind of the feeling that I get about him I mean I always felt that he had that he had he had that about him um Okay, well, any, anything else we want to touch on on, uh, on Pats? You know, I mean, we touched on it and we, we'll hear more about it. Go back to the, 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 um, the cancel game against Bowles. Yeah. Um, look, as, as disappointing as it was and, and all that, um, but I have to say, like, Jesus, uh, fair play to Bowles, the, the away fans, the, you know, they sort out their allocation, what, two weeks in advance of the game. And I think they even would have brought more, but a lot of them travelled down and had a, a great weekend in Sligo. I, I met some of them in uh, in, yeah. in town on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
like fair play to them. Um, but it just shows you as well how important Sligo is to Sligo Rovers is to Sligo. Um, and I was watching, don't be bringing politics into it or anything like that, but you know, the, the announcement of the tourist office is closed and then it's going to be open four days a week. And Mark McSharry was watching a video of him talking about it uh, in the Oireachtas today. And, you know, he mentioned football tourism. And I think that's something that Sly Rovers can really tap into this year. With this only been, with this been one of the only teams outside of Dublin and we play on a Saturday, I think you'll get large travelling uh, crowds come to the game uh, every time we play at home. And it's good for the town. It's good for the restaurants the pubs, the hotels and things yeah. like that. And it just, you know, underpins how important Rovers is to the, to the area. So, yeah. you know, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. No, but that's, that's the other element of the, um, yeah. of the pitch redevelopment. As Consequences, well. yeah. If you, if you can get, if you can attract more numbers down, it's, it brings greater value to, um, yeah. to the town and the surrounding area. Okay, look at, um, we'll talk more about um, the upcoming game on Friday night against St. Pat's. Uh, with Finch, who has joined us on the podcast. Uh, Finch, how are things, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. I'm glad you have me back on. Yeah, it's good glad to have you back on. Back. Um, so, like, what, do you think you're going to win the league now at this stage after the, that performance against uh, the mighty Damien Duff's uh, shells? Well, nice. listen, you know, it went in, they went they, they went in, like, you know, as, you know, Pats, despite being, you know, cup holders, second in the league last year, you know, we were underdogs coming up against uh, Damien Duff's Shelburne. And then we gave Damien Duffshelburne a lesson in how to play football. Yeah. Uh, no, we're, we're, listen, I think we probably could have conceded about three or four goals, but we also could have scored about seven or eight. So it was one of those, it, it's at the start of the season where you're not really sure what to think. But I'm, I'm happy enough, you know, the, the Tim Clancy era at Pats is, is in full, full effect anyway. Yeah. So I am... I, um... I watched the game, um, the Shells Pats game, that is, uh, when I was cooking the dinner last night. Uh, so I was half watching it back on the RT player. And uh, I, I was pretty impressed with Pats. And uh, I sent a message into the group to say as much into our WhatsApp group. And uh, Sean came back to say, really? What about the, what about their defence? And is it a case of, well, is it that simple? Uh, do you look good going forward? And um, the other thing that stood out to me was, I mean, look at, I mean, you can't hang the fella, but there's going to be a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of um, pressure on a banquet because of the, the, uh, the, the, the move or the, the deal that he's, he signed in Italy and he comes back to Pats. Um, I thought he was a bit ropey at times, but is, is it as simple as looking good going forward and there's some question marks around the back? I think so, because there's more upheaval at the back than there is in the attacking areas, um, you know, with King and, and Burns. And then you're basically just replacing Matty Smith with Mark Doyle, a fella who can come in off the left and, you know, score with his right. And then you're basically going, oh, well, no Coughlin. Or, well, he, Coughlin's injured at the moment, but instead you have a fella who just scores goals for fun wherever he plays and Owen Doyle. So, again, your attack isn't really, you're not really worrying about the attack. Um, the defence, like, new goalkeeper, new right back. A bank was not new, but he didn't. He wasn't our first choice centre half last year. It was Barrett and it was Barrett and Desmond, um, and we've got Anto Bresen at left back instead of Bermo. Uh, now that can be you can kind of pick and choose, and Paddy Barrett has to come back in. Birmingham could come back in, but you've got you've got three new players anyway. Four, if you're counting the Breslin for Bermo, whatever. Um, so yeah, I I think so, but it, it it's like you know with first game of the season and the you know we conceded the only we conceded against Shamrock Rovers in the President's Cup because of a goalkeeping error. You know it wasn't it wasn't down to it wasn't down to anything in particular. It wasn't like they cutting us open or anything. Uh, and Shells definitely could have scored a few goals. I think that'll get better. Like I was impressed with with Redmond as much as you know a banquet kind of overshadows him because he's you know moving to Udinese and all. But I thought Redmond was good. We need a player who can uh, dictate at the back because if Barrett's not playing, you're gonna need somebody in there who has the wherewithal to instruct everybody. Um, and I actually thought Joey and Ang and goal first fifteen minutes was a bit. Oh, I don't know about this fella, but he actually came into it well. He didn't really have a t- tough save to make, bar 
I don't know who took that. I think it was Mac and F that had a shot. Yeah. Um, but like I, I do think that you know there's more there's more um upheaval in defense. So that means that there will be problems in defense, um, which you know you could exploit on Friday. Because I think that a better team will exploit it. Yeah, it could have been a, a different game um with Carr scoring in the, the first minute. Um, it took took Pats a while to settle at the back. Um, yeah. I suppose conditions had something to play with that as well. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like you know, Shells kind of wanted to set their stall out early. Um, like that's why I was only coming into Talca, and then I just saw the ball go in, and I was like, ah, here we go. <laughs> like ah, this is exactly what we need. Like especially like I wasn't at the Presidents Cup, so I did all I heard, and then I watched I watched it back during the week, and I was like. All I was hearing was, our oh, Pats were brilliant. They should have absolutely blown them out of water. And then, you know, we end up losing on penalties, which is typical. But then to go in, it's like, oh, my first live bit of Pats this season. And then a minute in, you're like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. But they didn't, thankfully they didn't. And it was, and there was no controversy really because it's a clear offside. So I wasn't, even if it was, if it wasn't the clear offside, it would have been even better. Just so Shell yeah. would have been even more annoyed. Uh, but now we have Joey and Ang. So in regards to Finch, in regards to Anang, I didn't pay much heed when you signed him. But what's his? Has he made many first team appearances? Has he been out on loan or anything else? Yeah, he elsewhere? was at. Yeah, he was at Stevenage at the start of. So in he moved just, just to say he, he's, he's a West Ham player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on loan yeah, okay. from West Go Ham. On. Yeah, um, he was on loan at Stevenage. Made about eighteen appearances, like in the league anyway. Um, and then they recalled him, and then shipped them out to us now I don't know whether they were like because Stevenage fans were a bit like they thought he was a bit dodgy I think from what I could gather like I was just trying to see as much um, obviously as, I only seen him I yeah. more than yourself I missed the President's Cup I didn't get to see it but just watching him the other night against Shells he didn't seem to be a presence yeah, you know, yeah. for corner kicks or anything like for such a big lad, you'd expect a bit more out of him, and you could just sit. That's why I was kind of asking the question: Had he played many first team games? Because that can be a confidence issue as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we had a like, keeper because yeah, you kind of, you yeah, but you've got that. Like I don't know whether he got recalled because West Ham kind of saw what Yaros did at Pats last season, and whether they thought it would be better for him in an environment like the league to go and you know get game time in in Ireland rather than lower leagues where it's a bit difficult and I don't think he was assured his place whereas now again at Pats he won't be assured it's not like Yaros last year where he had Josh Keeley who was 18 and Barry Murphy who was about 40 odd now I love Barry Murphy but like he was about 40 yeah. odd yeah. he wasn't gonna he, just, he had he was nowhere near where Yaros was gonna be whereas Anang now has Adamasu and and like if Keeley stays which I don't think he will but they're two good goalkeepers underneath them that will be if he makes Makes a few more, well, I say a few more errors. He made one error. Um, but if he makes an error or, like, you know, isn't really instilling confidence in his defence, then... Um, let's push on to Inchicore on Friday night. And I guess, like, look, it's difficult to ask you about um, um, what you're going to expect. We don't know what to expect. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in relation to, like, if we talk about the team that um, that went down against Shells, will you, do you expect something similar from a starting 11 point of view? Yeah, I don't imagine. I don't imagine. I don't think we'll make any changes really. Um, it's it's hard to gauge. Like we when we were having a bit of trouble down the left, uh, Clancy took off Jack Scott, moved the banquet out, and then put Tom Gravosti in into centre half with Joe Redmond. So it it depends. Like whether I know I know you've signed like Carlos Sullivan and and Will Fitzgerald, who are just like flying wing. They've always been like flying wingers. Um, and that's what you can anticipate against the Sligo team. Uh, whether he does that again, I don't know. Um, but the shape, like coming up against a Buckley team, you, the shape isn't going to be, you aren't going to be playing 3-4-1-2. Like you're going to be playing 4-3-3. Like that's like, there's one thing I know for certain, you know, death taxes in me and Buckley's teams are playing a 4-3-3. It's just yeah. simple as. Uh, so I don't think we're, we're going to have much trouble in terms of like overloads on the pitch like we did against Shells, but that just meant that we could go up the other end quite quickly and then, you know, be on the counter and, and cause them problems. Um, I don't know. I think we're probably going to play the same the same 11 unless barring injury, of course, like 
yeah. um, with Lennon sort of sitting properly in front of our defence and then Forrest there kind of sitting, kind of just roaming around the pitch. Yeah. You think you have enough against the Buckley side? Like, obviously, we have a few unknowns coming into this team as well now on, on Friday night, but with just Lennon as your sitting midfielder, but considering uh, the gaps, the, considering the gaps you were leaving against shells. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I we'd offer an awful lot more create. Oh yeah, big, oh, oh big time, yeah. I, and I think it's probably going to be having watched the president's cup back. It's probably going to be Forrester having to sit alongside Lennon. Maybe it'd be a, be a like he he was like that against shells, but he was all over the camp. Like he was just yeah. roaming all over the place. And I think that you're probably going to tell him to to sit alongside Jay a lot more. Um, and hope to stymie those threats um, because you're not going to be afforded a lot of time. That's just the bottom line. Like you're not going to have the freedom of, of, of Tolga uh, to go and do your stuff. You're going to have to, you're, you, and you're going to be under the cosh for, you know, like we had problems against, against you last year, you know, going back the other way. So you have to be on, like you have to be on it. And I'll be interested to see what Clancy does to stymie that because like he was talking today and he says that, well, like, you try. He tried his best to look at what's like I've done during uh, the preseason and try get as much video as possible. But it is going to be. You're probably just going to have to focus on yourself and then make adjustment adjustments on the fly because that's the only. I think that's the only way that you're going to have to to do it. Like, at least with with us, Buckley and and Campbell can look at the President's Cup. Can look at uh, can look at the first match of the season like. You know, because they've been broadcast like exactly. We we haven't we can't exactly fly under the radar, you know, because no. we've had because the match was free on League of Ireland TV, <laughs> even if they didn't have a subscription, you know, <laughs> and on the RT player. Yeah. Um, what do you want to say? Um, what do you want to say, or do you want to call your uh, your prediction for one, two, first, second, and third place, and who do you think is going to win the cup? Ooh. Or go one, two, three, four. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I'll go yeah. yeah. Because if 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 one of the same teams win, yeah. I think I I do think the Shamrock Rovers are going to, are yeah. going to win the league this year. I think they're going to win a, a canter. To be honest, uh, I think there's just too much upheaval at at Pats. Listen, if O'Donnell stayed, maybe I, I would feel a bit differently. Uh, but I'm glad he's gone. He's a rat. Uh, don't like him. Uh, he's bald as well, uh, and he's a brick. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I think I think. I think we'll finish ahead of Derry. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I actually don't know why I think we're going to finish ahead of Derry. I just have a feeling in my bones. Where are Derry going to uh, finish? I think they'll finish third. I think I think you'll finish fourth. Um, I think you finish ahead of... I, like, it is... I don't know what Dundalk are going to be like, uh, but I think that there's far too much going on for me to believe that they're going to finish fourth. Um, shit, Damien Duff Shelburne. Uh, ninth, uh, <laughs> and also, and 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 again, like I'm, I'm forgetting about Bowes as well, but like, I, I think this might be like a job too far for Keith. Now, Keith Long has probably been written off a million times already, and they'll probably end up finishing first. Like, you yeah, never yeah. played now with them Bowes lads. Uh, but I, I, I don't think the it, it's going to be like it's going to be very compact. It's not going to be like last year was such a strange one where. You just went well, like ten games without a win or something bananas, and then yeah, couldn't get out of third. Yeah, and then just like <laughs> trying so so desperately to be like lads, we don't want to get done in by some Icelandic crowd in Europe next year. Please, like just <laughs> get us out of here, get us out of here. But like that's but that's the thing, and even even we kind of like when we played Rovers at, at, at in Richmond. Like it was like, oh, this could be like, oh, it could be a title clash. And I was like, there's no way, like, there's just no way that we're getting anywhere near them. And then they score in the last minute. And then they're like, all right, well, they were definitely not getting anywhere near them. And then I was panicking. Then I, like, I'm like, I say we're going to finish second this season. And I'm as pessimistic as it comes. Like, and I'm, I was like, geez, now we just need to make sure that we're, we're, we're keeping up with, we're keeping up with Sligo. We're keeping up with Bowles, keeping up with Derry, you know, even though we were like, I don't know eight points ahead of you at that stage and mm. I don't know how many points ahead of Bowes and it was like I was still panicking like I just want to go on holiday next year please <laughs> please <laughs> but I, I, I it's going to be desperately close like I I think that just 
it is it's hard to gauge because Bows have lost so many good players that I don't think that they they'll finish ahead of you. But that being said, you never know. Like they could have another, like your man Jamie Mullins could come out, have an absolute breakout and yes. score about 15 goals, set up about 50 million. You know, yeah. you just never know with them. But I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close with everyone bar Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. I, I, I just yeah, don't want to dwell on it too much, but um it's just be interesting to get you. Obviously, I know what you're thinking of him personally anyway, that he's a rap, but Stephen O'Donnell. With him leaving the club, like how much of an insult was that to you? And especially then he started poaching players as well. And oh well, like no, considering it turns out poaching players, like well, like with all it, like I know all of the the kind of litigious stuff, like and all all that crack. I'm just uh, I I find it a bit baffling, but like you know, go off, Kelleher King, like do your thing. But like, yeah, that's that's a massive insult. Like I, I understand completely. You want to go back to where you felt like you were at home during your career? Absolutely, 100%. I get that. I just feel as though, do you not recognise what the club have given you? Like, Dundalk gave you an out in your playing career when you were on your, like, you were in bits and your your knees were, bo- you were bollocks, like. Mm-hmm. And you got an out because Stephen Kenny believed in you. And Gary Kelleher did the same thing in your managerial career, but you want to, throw him under the bus. I get going back to Dundalk completely, 100%. I, I, I can understand it. I just feel as though the process of it, like two days after a cup final, is a bit of it. And, you know, no, I don't think anybody will give the actual, like, like the events of the day and the events of those two days and maybe the weeks preceding it. Like, because he was talking to, he was talking to players for Pats. That's, that's not, like... I, I don't buy the whole like he was purposely running down players' contracts because I that just doesn't wash with me. Because there's a million like Forrester, Forrester and Lennon were the only players on multi-year contracts at Pat's at that stage. Now Forrester's was coming to the end. Um he was talking to Mark Doyle. He was already like Ando Breslin signed the pre-contract while while O'Donnell was in charge. Mm-hmm. So I don't buy the whole like he was purposely running down players' contracts, like and and then poaching players. Benson Mountney are Dundalk lads, yeah. or well, like Benson Benson only came to Pats because of O'Donnell. Simple yes. as, lovely fella. I love. I wish Robbie Benson all the best in the world. He is a gorgeous human being. I wish him nothing but the best. Bar under O'Donnell at Dundalk, uh, John Mountney, like John Mountney's he'll still be injured for another couple of weeks, I reckon, a couple of months, maybe. Like, he had a bad... Like, ironic that he got injured at Oriel, but he's a Dundalk legend. Understand him going back. Sam Bowne? That's a strange one. <laughs> I would have... I can't drive. I would have drove him up myself. <laughs> um, uh, just, yeah, the Sam Bowne one was... That was, that, that was out of the blue. That was a shot. That was a little shocker. Uh, that was hilarious. And uh, bonus is that if he would have stayed, then we would have had to assign Keith Ward. So kind of delighted that he left in the end. Um, <laughs> but even what he's trying to achieve up there, it just looks like a whole getting the band back together thing. It's just well, like obviously he did that at Pat's where he was like he trusts like Paddy Barrett. The fact that Paddy Barrett's still at Pat's. The fact that and also like was there anybody else that he signed from Pat's? Like it was Mountney, Benson, and and Bone. I can't think of anybody else. Like Benson, like I, I love him, but he only started something like 19 matches, 17, 19 matches. He didn't start a lot of matches. He was injured for a lot of the season. Um, I like a brilliant player, and you would have wanted him. And there was a reason why he took that pen out in the cup final. Mm. But Mountney was injured for half the season. Sam Bone, listen, versatile player and will try his best. God bless him, but should like if Mountney was uh, fit and we had Barrett and Desmond in defence, Bones not getting into that team. He only did, he only got into the team by virtue of, of injury. Um, Who's going to go? I want Harps to win it. <laughs> we've won, uh, we've, we've, we've won our cup now. We've, I've won, I've seen Pats win two cups. So everything is, I don't care who wins it. Provided, provided Bowles and Shells don't win it, Rovers can win. It. I don't really like they. Yous can win it again. Yous haven't won it in a while. That would be fun for you again. A bit of a day out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a great day out. 
I got. I ended up. I ended up in Jack Hickman's apartment after the cup final. That was brilliant. And I was asking everybody were they signing on, and then two days later, a manager leaves. So <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was trying my best, trying to get Alfie Lewis to stay. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went up to his girlfriend. It's like, I, uh, uh, I was like, was it Plymouth? Yeah, Plymouth. Well, Plymouth were after him during the summer, and he said to say, it was like, uh, do you fancy moving down to Plymouth? And she was like. Plymouth? What are you talking about Plymouth for? I was like, you'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out. Right. Okay. Look at Finch. We'll let you go. Thanks a million for, for coming on with us. And um, we won't say best of luck on Friday, but um, we uh, we hope you, you enjoy an entertaining League of Ireland season. Well, likewise to yourselves. Thank <laughs> you for having me, everyone. Okay. That was Finch, our St. Pat's fan. And uh, it was good to speak to him. And he's always a great guest. Great to have him on. Uh, Magoo has joined us for the final part of uh, the podcast. Magoo, how are things? That's some bad boys. Uh, we how, are... Hawaii 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're just about to get stuck into um, Derry City away on Monday evening, which is kind of coming out as quick as well. Um, what, what are you, just before we push on, uh, Magoo, what are your thoughts on Friday night in, in Chicor? Um, I don't know, it's hard to know we, without having seen us play really, but um, and seen any of the new lads. But from what I've seen of Pats, uh, I d- they didn't really overly impress me on Friday night against Shells. Like, to, you know, and to, to give up a lot of possession and chances to an average Shells team, I thought, uh, you know, if you were looking at it, you do know that um, Shells are managed by Damien Duff, you know that. <laughs> oh, shit, shit sorry, um, Shells are excellent. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're looking at it from Rovers uh, head on, you'd be looking at the pass we saw last week thinking, you know, defence, keeper defence midfield were every bit as good, if not better than them. So up front, obviously, they've won Doyle and that. And uh, it'll be debatable because our Lunas are an unknown quantity. But, like, I, I'd expect a better pass this weekend, obviously, uh, playing at home. They'd want to get the ball down and play I would presume Richmond would be a better nick than Talker Park was. So, and they'll have a big home crowd behind them. So, not going to be a tough game. It's always a tough game in Richmond, but I don't think we have anything to fear either. Uh, Sean, wh- what are your. I mean, we're going into a very difficult territory now trying to have a conversation about what's going to happen on Monday night. But uh, let's do it nonetheless. Uh, so let's say let's say things go reasonably well in uh, in in Chicor, Richmond Park, and we uh, <laughs> we sneak a one 0 victory. Take uh, it, Knocker corner, uh, lovely Sullivan corner. Um, uh, what what are you looking for? Do you think so? My point is, what I'm trying to get to is, we're going into Derry with a, with a sense of confidence and bearing in, in, in mind that we have kind of come to the conclusion that we're going to go with a safe starting eleven, uh, a, a starting eleven against St. Pat's, who have experience in the league. Uh, do you think we would be likely to see um, more of our new signings make an appearance uh, to to build the momentum up in Derry? No, I think it'll be much the same side that plays on Friday night. I'd say nearly like for like. Uh, the thing with Derry, judging from the Dundalk result and seeing a few match reports and all that, they seemed like they were exciting all right going forward, but they seemed a bit suspect at the back by all accounts. They were giving up a few chances. Uh, just didn't look cohesive, but that's only from one or two match reports that I've seen. I, I didn't watch the game, so I can't comment too much on it. But I'm not too fearful of them just yet. I think it'll take them a bit of time to get going into the season before they come into full swing. So I think we're meeting them at the right time as well. Even with Pats, I think we're meeting both those sides at the right time. I think we have more settled team than both of them. So we have. Uh, no, yeah, I just wanted to ask on that. Obviously, I didn't hear it. Um, and you were saying you were picking a conservative team for Pats. What was the team you were? So the, the, two, the two lads kind of agreed in the fact that um, it's likely that um, so we know who's going to start in goals with McGinty in goals, but um, it's likely that uh, Pinearker will probably be one of the new faces in alongside Buckley with McCourt and Banks fullbacks. Uh, Bulger uh, in the middle with Morhan or possibly McDonald and the lads that they'd like to see Kyo in 10, O'Sullivan Fitzgerald wide and uh, Keena up top. So 
the majority these players know the league. We're not going to introduce any of the new lads off the bat. I think um, I think it'll definitely be a three in midfield. I don't think Jamie play personally. I'd this like is in Derry now. We're talking about yeah. No, well, in, in probably the chances of both games, but um, personally, I'd like to see him play. But mm. I take away from home first game. I'd say Adam, Niall, and Greg will be in there from the start, and I would imagine you'll see one of the two new lads play at number nine. I'd say with the two boys in the wing for Pats as well. Yeah, that'd be my personal take on it. Is, no you, so you don't you don't think Keane plays? I uh, probably not. No, oh. I. I, and it, my this, own, my, have my have you seen is, some I, shapes, Magoo? Have you? No, I have seen nothing. I haven't seen. I haven't even seen the lads themselves. I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> but, but I don't. Uh, in my view, why why would he bring them in and not play them? I would imagine they've been here now for a week's training. I'd say they're going straight in one of them. At least one. Keenan was brought in though too. Who? Well, Keenan was brought in as well. He was, but I mean, these lads were brought in without ever been like these obviously have come with glowing reports they, they, they haven't been there was no trials or nothing with these as they were signed when they weren't even in the country Keane will be pinning this up in the in the dressing room now yeah. good I hope he does <laughs> I hope he does I, so, I just think that he's old Keane as well for the fact that it's against his ex-club uh, possibly yeah. yeah but I that's really my head I'm just thinking that yeah if, if I like that too well like I agree with you I'd say the three that you picked in, in the middle would probably be the three but I suppose what you were asking, Connor, is what we think or what we would like to see. Yeah. I would like to see probably Keogh play as a 10 uh, with Bulger and uh, McDonough. The only Not- thing that it, for me as well, just on Keogh, is what would make me think Buckley might go for Keogh is what you've seen Malloy doing to, doing to um, Pats the other night for Shells and the opportunities he was getting in around the middle and to be able to be that creative link. I think Kyo could operate in that space as well and find those spaces. Like you only have um, Jamie Lennon basically as they're sitting in the field because Forrester's going to roam and especially at home, he's going to roam more. He's not going to sit deep. So he's not. He's going to be expressive in the game. And I think, you know, with Bulger and McDonald, if they do play, even if Moran plays there, whichever it is, that's enough to deal with Forrester. So I think if Jamie Lennon's sitting there, Kyo's going to find spaces in between. So yeah, that's yeah. why I just I just feel that there's an opportunity there. He may go with the with the sitting three, and it, I'm happy enough with that as well. But I just think there's just a slight opportunity there where we could exploit them. Yeah, just I know. Go on, you. Sorry, no. I was just gonna say you could play the three and still have Shamey. Just play a three-one-two, like. But yeah, I suppose one thing that we um, that we probably need to improve on from last season is um, goals from midfield. But I think. Um, going towards the end of the season that we were creating more opportunities for midfielders and we were starting to get shots off whereas you know up to the midpoint of last season we were trying to nearly overplay at times but I think when McDonald came in he was getting shots off and I think uh, Shimmy Kyo as well you know he's you know he's I I think there's goals potentially in him as well so they're a bit more expressive yeah a bit more adventurous the two of them yeah, yeah. When, when did Jimmy Kill become a number 10? Uh, he was always that. He was always an attacking didn't, I mean, when, when he was in the UK, he was he went over as a fullback. Did he, he, and he, no, he, he, no, he went over as a midfielder. Well, he would have left here as a midfielder, but he, they obviously converted him into a right-back over there. But yeah. uh, I think he might have played for Ireland once or twice as a right-back too. But yeah. I think it was late enough at Southampton when he did go back to right-back. You know, for most of the time he was over there, he did play midfield and I think it was towards the end that he went right back. Maybe out of necessity and yeah, yeah, you know. coming up, coming up through the ranks. It's like later in Rovers and all that. He was always a midfielder, attacking midfielder. Oh, I know that he's he was he destroyed any team I was involved with managing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so um. So we're kind of going with, uh, well, are we going with, uh, you've kind of mixed things up now a little bit. Uh, yeah, I threw a spot. I didn't know. I was just wondering about the teams. But um, I think that uh, when you're talking with Derry, I would be, out of the two games, I'd probably be more fearful of the Derry game rather than the past game. But I don't I don't have any particular reason why. Just probably because the Brandywell has been scared over the years. Yeah. Do, do, we think that, um, do we think that we have a stronger squad this season than we had going into the start of last season I know we don't know about the new players coming in but do we have is that what we kind of feel like 
Oh, definitely. I, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. Overall, like I know we've lost, you know, two of the spine of the team, but as a as a squad overall, um, I think we're a much, much stronger. Like, as we said previously, we nearly have uh, two players for every position now, um, if not more. Um, so I think we'll, we, I think the, you'll see the 11 changing more now out of, out of not necessity, but out of flexibility. Um, you know, hopefully we don't have too many, too many injuries like we had last season, touch wood, because that really did affect us. And I know Finch was talking about the, you know, our slump, um, and that was primarily down to a couple of players been out, but I think we're far, far stronger in, in, in terms of depth within the squad. Yeah. I think we've uh, reached the point with the squad as well. Now we're, we're in a position where in certain games we'll be able to rest the likes of Greg Bulger in that and not just run him into the ground like we had to last year, where we were clinging on to him for nearly every game that if he didn't play, we were in trouble. Yeah. You know, where you have a midfield now in place with options there that gives you the option to rest him. And even... Yeah. Like with Pineacres in there, you have Blaney and even to rest Buckley the odd time. Just to see is true, because we've a bit, we'll hopefully. Yeah, and like, and like another, another name that we haven't mentioned um, is Paddy Kirk. Like, and yes. the idea of McCourt, like, you know, we want to see more of Blaney. Um, but uh, if if there's injuries in there, we have McCourt who can drop in. We have Paddy Kirk who can, who can fill in a hole as well. And hopefully he does more than fill in a hole and he becomes... You know, a starter as well that he's 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 that much potential. Well, I definitely think with with Kirk there as well. McCourt is your four choice centre half now. Yeah. You know, I think that's the that's the idea behind that one as well, where it still gives you if McCourt did have to go in there, you still have a, a player with of much the same ability coming into to fill that role at left full. Yeah. I'd say Liam is happy. I'd say well, look, you'd imagine that Liam would be happy. The happiest he is going into a season since he came here. In that it is his squad now. He seems to have, you know, the players that he wants in the position that, you know, he needs. Um, and I was just looking at a, there was a thing on 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 a, on social media today about Tony Mowbray. He's five years at Blackburn. Um, and like they're pushing for the Premiership this season. And like Premier League. You know, for yeah, like it's you know, it just shows you the importance of being patient with um with managers and giving them time and giving them breathing space and letting them build their own squads rather than kind of chopping and changing all the time. Yeah. There's like uh, Gibson, he's gone to Carlisle. He's he's not even there a full season. I think he's had three different managers already, yeah. including one today. It's like yeah. it's how can you build a team or a system or anything with that mindset where how can you grow as a player? Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. Like uh, you don't know you're hearing different voices every every couple of months. Like it's just you know, and I think that Will Stant was like, I think Liam's probably, I think he's the, is he the second service, second longest serving manager in the Premier Division with, with us? I'm, I'm not sure who the other one is, but you can definitely see Ollie where Morgan, grown, is Ollie, yeah. So you can definitely see where we've grown season on season. The squad is getting more settled. Uh, like what we said there, you know, it's it's um, the starting 11, probably bar one, maybe two, will all have League of Ireland experience or experience within our own team over the last two to three seasons so I, I wouldn't fear last year I would fear going to Richmond Park or maybe maybe even Derry but I wouldn't fear any of them this year I think we'll definitely be up there up in the mix yeah okay uh, Agu do you feel the same? Uh, yeah 100% um, as I said you can see progress every year like and that's that's what Liam always says that's it's making progress every year then you're doing something right so um and i think it has to be said too that it's got harder every year around the league yeah so it's it's been you know while we have progressed other teams have progressed so it makes it the job harder but um and as jerry said i would i would agree that he will probably be the happiest with the squad that he has been since he's been here and it has been it's, if you look through it it's definitely the 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 strongest uh strong squad in-depth squad definitely like yeah. Okay. And as Jerry was mentioned earlier, like with being able to rotate players and stuff. You see, if we when we had these two games last year, it would have been the same starting eleven, play Friday and Monday, barring injuries. I would say this week you would probably see one or two changes just because we can't. And the the, the drop off in level 
from the players you're bringing in won't be as it would have been before. It'll be much, very much similar. So you're able to, you can afford to make changes and keep everybody fresh. Yeah. Okay. So look at lads, we've, um, it's another monster episode. We'll wrap things up. Um, unless anybody else is anything else pressing to, um, to get off their chest before, before we're, we're done. Jerry, you're looking pensive there. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple of things to mention. So, um, I have a, a true to trust, just a new badge on the go. So, um, there's a lot of people interested in it and it'll be on sale at the Dundalk game at the the, the tea, tea and Coffee Hut between the railway and uh, the main stand. So um, a lot of people have booked it and all that, so that's where you can pick it up. Um, and just one other thing as well, so the Riverside Good Sponsors, the Riverside Hotel Good Sponsors of Rovers, they're going to be showing all um, our away games on the big screens over there, so... Um, if you're interested in going out for a pint or two and you want to watch the match, the Riverside Hotel is the place to be. Okay, okay. Thanks, Terry. Okay, so Sean, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks a million, lads. And uh, Magoo, you made it eventually. Thank you. That's more than welcome, lads. It's <laughs> great. great to meet you. And Jerry, thank you. Yeah, I'm just glad Magoo turned up. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, that's a wrap. Thanks a million. Thanks for listening. We will never forget this day.